Bible Interact is a group of Bible scholars and biblical archaeologists who promote the Hebraic nature of Scripture and view the two Testaments as one unified message. They explain how they use a first-century approach to searching the Scriptures, and they share their methods and discoveries for discussion and dialogue. They invite your comments and participation on BibleInteract.tv, where you can also find more teachings, self-study quizzes, webinars, and interviews. Shalom. I am Dr. Ann Davis with Bible Interact. I have recently been working on the Gospel of John, and I want to share with you some of the the thoughts I have and some of the things I've been seeing. I've been working on it, and so I've been uncovering things that have been exciting to me, and I want to be able to share that with you also. We have four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. However, The fourth gospel, the gospel of John, is so dramatically different from the other three that something is going on. Now, the other three are referred to as the synoptic gospels because they're they're very similar, and the gospel of John is dramatically different. Christian theology has tended to view and interpret this fourth gospel in a way that is similar to Greek philosophy. It sounds very philosophical, and so they've been equating it with Greek Greek philosophy. It was um, the last of the of the Gospels written, and and at that time the church was becoming very influenced by by Greek thinking, and so they tended to think of it as Greek philosophy. But recently, scholars are beginning to realize. <laughs> took them a while that. The book of John, and I'm not going to call it a gospel anymore because it's not a gospel. I'll explain that in a minute. The the book of John is deeply Hebraic in its nature. And the resulting messages are, are really quite powerful and sometimes new and startling. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a look at the Hebraic nature of the book of John. And, and and try to uncover these these deeper these deeper messages. Now in this session, hopefully if I have time, I'd like to, to do four things. First, I'm going to explain the startling differences between the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and the book of John. Then we'll talk about recent events in the last century that have led to questioning the traditional Christian interpretation. So there are specific events that have happened that have kind of upset the apple cart. Third, we're going to look at the date of composition of the book of John and its probable author or authors. And and finally, our approach will be to think with a first century Hebraic mind. Now, the synoptic gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we, our scholars suggest, it's a, it's a theory, it's a hypothesis, that Mark was written first. Mark is the shortest. And then you get Matthew and Luke, and Matthew and Luke have a lot of Mark in them, but they have added material. And the added material is very similar between Matthew and Luke. So the suggestion is that Mark was, was the first, Matthew and Luke drew on Mark, But they also drew on another document, which we don't have. It's called the Q document, because there's additional material in Matthew and Luke that is very similar, and so they think it came from somewhere. Now, that's neither here nor there. I'm not interested in in this kind of, of information. I point it out to you just because I think you need to know it. 
But for me, the Book of John um, is is unique. It stands alone, and it, it has some characteristics that we're going to look at. Let's start with a traditional explanation um, of of the of the difference. All right. Originally, the theologians, and for many hundreds of years, Christian theologians have thought that the book of John was composed very late, probably in the second century. And by the time of the second century, the church was very Greek. So that's where they came to this conclusion about Greek philosophy. And they claimed that it was written by Gentile Christians. It was not written by Jews. It was written by Gentile Christians. Now, let me point out the startling differences. And it's going to be a differences between the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and the book of John. All right, we ask, in the book of John, where are the parables? The synoptics are teeming with parables. Not so the, the book of John. And then why is there no discussion of the kingdom of God in, in the book of John? The kingdom of God is mentioned only in the account of Nicodemus, uh, and very briefly, but there's no big emphasis on, on the kingdom of God. There are no exorcisms in John. There is no healing of leprosy. I mean, these things must have had a dramatic impact on the people. Um, of all the miracles in the synoptics, only the feeding of the 5,000 is in John. And look at all the miracles you have in the synoptic gospels. And this startling difference continues. Only in the book of John do you have turning water into wine. That had to have been a dramatic event. Why didn't the synoptics record it? And only in the book of John do you get the I am statements. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And furthermore, the book of John has long discourses, which is not found in the synoptic gospels. And it goes on. Only in the gospel of John, or the book of John, do we find the encounter with Nicodemus. Only in John do we find the Samaritan woman and the man at the pool of Bethesda, and the man born blind, and Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. So something is dramatically different about the book of John, and we've got to go in and take a look. Now, another thing I want to point out is the focus of the synoptic gospels, which is very different from the focus of John. The focus of the synoptic gospels is on righteous behavior and a godly walk. So the purpose of prayer is harmony with God and it teaches right speech you know the heart must be in alignment with God because what's inside is going to come out in the words that you speak and and the whole focus on the synoptic gospels is to follow Yeshua as a disciple that's the focus now we take a look at the book of John and it's we've seen it's it, well I am not I'm not ready to tell you the focus of, of the book of John yet. Let's go into two dramatic events that occurred in the last century that has completely upset the apple cart about the way we think about the book of John. First was the discovery of a papyrus in Egypt that was a fragment of the book of John that was much earlier than the second century thought that the book of John was composed in the second century. We have the ability, technically, to, to date these things. And this, this papyrus fragment of the book of John was dated to 90 to 110 of the Common Era. Now keep in mind that the temple was destroyed in 70, 
um, AD or CE, Common Era. And so the Gospel of John could not have been any later than this period of time, about 30 years later, 20, 20 to 30 to 40 years later. So this this was was a dramatic finding. So it was close enough in time to be Hebraic. It didn't have to be Greek. It was close enough in time. And then with the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls, that kind of, you know, that sunk the ship on the traditional Christian uh, thinking because the Dead Sea Scrolls were composed roughly starting maybe about 150 years before the beginning of the common era and they and and it ended with the roman conquest the destruction of the temple and the conquest of israel in in 70 70 of the common era so we find many hebraic similarities in the dead sea scrolls that are also in the book of john so this this prove to those scholars who are willing to open their eyes and take a look at it, not all of them have, but more and more are beginning to understand that the book of John was close enough in time to, to be Hebraic, and it and it had a lot of similarities with the Dead Sea Scrolls, which are clearly Hebraic. I mean, there's no dispute on that one. So so the book of John is is, is deeply Hebraic in its composition, and was probably written by Jews. That, that's sort of what what we're coming up with now. So the next question we have is, who wrote the Gospel of John? Did the, the, the did the Apostle John write the Gospel of John? Well, we'll never know the answer to that exactly. But I, I'll tell you my my thinking um, based on the evidence that we have available to us. It probably was too late to have been John himself. But it appears, and we can see this in the book of John, it appears that he had collected a group around him. Now, this was was very common in, in, in ancient Israel because a master would gather around him disciples. We can see that with Yeshua. And furthermore, um, many of the disciples were were roving, I mean, many masters were roving masters like Yeshua, but others actually became the leaders of scribal schools. And we see the scribal school with uh, the apostle Paul, and um, he we, we we know that he attended um, a a scribal school in Jerusalem, and he says in Acts, "I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, which is in Turkey today, but brought up in this city, Jerusalem." So, as a young man, he was sent to Jerusalem, educated under Gamaliel. Now, Gamaliel is one of the great sages of Judaism, and and he was educated under Gamaliel, so he would not have been the only student. There, there would have been um, many students studying in the scribal school of Gamaliel in Jerusalem. And these scribal schools were called a Beit Midrash. Now, you recognize Beit, meaning house, house of Midrash, Beit Midrash. And Midrash was... Um, searching for the, the deeper meaning, uncovering the depth of meaning, and there were methods of midrash that were, were they were able to do that. Now, typically, boys when they were young in their own villages would attend what was called a Beit Hasefer. Sefer is is the word for book, but they didn't have books like we know books. Those were actually um, 
the concept of a book, which is pages bound by a binding, occurred in Egypt because Egypt had papyrus. They wrote on papyrus. In Israel, they wrote on animal skins and rolled them into scrolls. So when we read about the Beit HaSefer, it, it, the school of the book we call it, but it's the the would have the writings um, of the um, Tanakh would have been on scrolls written on scrolls. But the point is that the boys would and the the Beit HaSefer was typically in the in the local synagogue. It would have been boys that would have gone. Um, it would have been boys that the family could have you know could afford to have them gone from from working or certainly for a period of time to go to the Beit HaSefer. Um, but only a small number, the family would have to be wealthy enough, and the the child would have to um, display real um, ability for deeper thinking to be accepted into a school like Gamliel's uh, Beit Midrash in Jerusalem. So we think that, and I have, I think the chances are very high that the book of John was probably not written by John because it was too too late to be actually written by John, but he had disciples. And the disciples would have faithfully carried on his work and his teaching. So what is in the in the book of John is is a lot of what John himself passed on to his disciples. And probably the disciples with no longer with the with the master John who who would have and passed on by that time, would have been collected in a scribal school. They would have stayed together as disciples in their own scribal school. So this is probably the authorship of the book of John. The disciples of John himself who were collected together in a kind of a scribal scribal school. Now, another question is very interesting. Is, is the papyrus that was found in Egypt that was dated to 90 to 110 of the Common Era, is that a second edition? We think probably yes, and, and I think the answer is probably yes, because there are long discourses at the end of the book of John that appear to have been added at a later time. Let me explain. If you have your Bible, you can take a look, but I'll explain it to you. Because you get to the end of chapter 14. So we're in chapter 14, verse 30, and we read, I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of the world is coming, and he has nothing in me. These are words of Yeshua. Let me read them once more. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of the world is coming, and he has nothing in me. So Yeshua was saying, I'm, I'm about to be crucified, you know, so I'm, I'm not going to be with you much longer. Now, the story picks up again four chapters later. At the beginning of chapter 18, verse 1, when he, Yeshua, had said this, Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to where there was a garden into which he and his disciples entered. And what follows uh, for the next, I think, what, four chapters at the end is the story of the crucifixion and resurrection. So the the narrative breaks at the end of chapter 14 and it picks up again in, at the beginning of chapter 18. What we have in the middle, chapters 15, 16, and 17, are very long discourses. They're, they're, they're very uh, different from the rest of the book. Um, they are, in fact, uh, quite philosophical, but you could be philosophical in a Hebraic way. You don't have to be in a Greek way. You can be in a Hebraic way. 
So we the, the one that we have to have from dating to 90 to 110 of the Common Era is probably a second edition. There was probably an earlier one. It's possible that John himself could have been dictating this to disciples. We don't know. But but certainly the mind of John is in is in the book of John. Now we we take a look now at I want to look at at this um the group of John's disciples. And we, I call them the Johannine community, and I'm not the first one to coin this phrase, the Johannine community. So th- these are the, the people who have gathered together to carry on the study and the work of, of John himself. We see that they were, they were um, facing intense hostility from what the book calls eudaioi. Now we have tra- that's a Greek word eudaioi and we have translated that as the Jews. And out of that translation has come this very negative thinking about the Jews. The Jews killed Jesus, the Jews did this, the Jews did that. They didn't accept him. They're not going to be saved, you know, on and on and on and on. The term eudaioi, if you look at it in its context, is referring to the leaders. The, the the Jewish leaders who are holding to the old traditions. Now this happens in our lives today. You you see leaders who are um, very reluctant to even open their minds and consider any kind of new thinking. I find that all the time because you know I'm, my field is the Hebraic nature of the New Testament, and in order to understand the Hebraic nature of the New Testament, you have to be steeped in the Hebrew Scriptures. And I view the New Testament as a form of commentary on the Hebrew Scriptures. Now, you know, that, that whole concept is, is, is quite different and startling from people who have been ministers all their lives, people who have been um, scholars all their lives. I mean, it's, it's a new thought, and you get a lot of resistance. So this is what apparently was happening in the book of John. These Jewish leaders were resisting this, these, these new ideas coming from these Christians who claimed that Yeshua of Nazareth, 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 um, was, was the promised Messiah. So you get, for example, in the book of John, you find in John 6.41, the Jews were grumbling about him, Yeshua, because he said, I am the bread that came down out of heaven. <clears throat> so these are the Eudaioi. It's translated Jews, the Eudaioi. They were grumbling, grumbling, because Yeshua says, I'm the bread that came down out of heaven. And they're grumbling about that. They're, you know, they're, they can't even discuss it. They can't consider it. And then you get, look at this one. This is in John 5.18. The, Jew, the Jews, these are the Eudaioi, which I suggest to the religious leaders, were seeking to kill Yeshua because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, in other words, he was doing work on the Sabbath, he was healing on the Sabbath, he was doing work, but also was calling God his own father. He, he never said that he was God. He, he referred to God as his father. He was the son, um, making himself equal with God. And so the Eudaioi were seeking to kill him. And and another one here, which is, now this this is one of the reasons that I've concluded that the Eudaioi are the leaders, because the the people listen listen to the people the people no one was speaking openly of yeshua for fear of the jews the eudaioi the religious leaders the religious leaders had the authority 
to expel someone from the synagogue. Now, stop. I want you to understand the the absolute disastrous traumatic consequences of being expelled from the synagogue. Most people lived in small villages. And if they and if and then the life occurred in the synagogue, if they were expelled from the synagogue, everybody would shun them. You know, you couldn't marry your son or your daughter. You couldn't get anybody to help you and harvest in the fields. You were totally shunned. You were an outcast. You were a black sheep. And and the leaders, the Udayoi, had the authority to expel people from the synagogue. And this, it was almost a death sentence. I mean, you weren't killed, but you, but it it just it destroyed your whole life. And and so the people we read. Uh, this is talking about the people. Let me read it to you again here. Uh, no one was speaking openly of Yeshua for fear of the Jews. And and it appears, if you read the gospel, uh, call it the book, the book of John, um, it, we, we, it appears that the members of the Johannine community had been expelled from the synagogue. They had been expelled from the synagogue. So they were really outcasts. And 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 so their focus is to prove who was Yeshua the Son, who was God the Father, what kind of power had God bestowed on disciples through their faith in Yeshua. The book is it, it, it is philosophical. We're, in the next session, I'm going to talk about how it's wisdom literature. We're going to do this in a five part. I can't do it all at once. <laughs> So we'll take a look in the next session about how it's wisdom literature. It's, it's not a gospel. So our approach to the Gospel of John is that we're going to think with a first century mind. We're going to use methods of Bible study that Bible Interact uh, promotes, which were uh, common at the, in the first century at the time of Yeshua. They're not the methods of Bible study that are in use today. Uh, we're going to, and as first century people, we're going to learn and we're going to listen and we're going to understand that, that the people of ancient Israel had memorized the text. They didn't have books. They had memorized the text. And so they heard anything distinct or unusual. And most important, we're going to take a look at the artistic nature of the text because the artistry of the language is what's going to convey the deeper meaning. Now, to think with that first century mind, you have to understand that the people in the first century believed that God was the author, because he was the author, he, he, he's infinite, and so his word is also infinite. So there is a deeper understanding that can be drawn out with these methods of Midrash, but they can also be, be drawn out with this artistic nature of the language, which is what we're going to focus on. So, for example, uh, Yeshua says to his disciples, to you disciples, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, and he's pointing out to the crowd, they've come to hear him speak, to them, it has not been granted. And that applies to Christians today. So you are a disciple if you are dedicated to serving your Lord Yeshua. If, uh, if you're humble and, and you're, you're humble as a servant and you work, for, you work for God, you are a disciple. All Most Christians are not disciples. They're not committed followers. If you're listening to this program, I suspect you're a disciple. But most Christians are not, and um, they, they still belong to God. But they're not going to be able to uncover the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And you are going to be able to uncover these mysteries. You have to learn how to do it with a first, first century mind. And we're going to use that in, in this series of uh, study on, on the gospel.
of uh, John, the book of John. Let me call it the book of John. So we have a tension between two groups. We have the Johannine community, which has been expelled from the synagogue. They are believers in Yeshua, probably a mixture of Jews and Gentiles. Jews would have been the heart of the Johannine community, disciples of John himself. Um, there would have been Gentiles who gathered themselves together and wanting to be part of this group to know more. They were believers in Yeshua. And then there were the Eudaioi, which are the religious leaders. So um, there are... Uh, let me just... I, I don't have much time left. So let, let me point out that next week what I'll do is in session two, we're going to go into the prologue of John which everyone knows, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Everybody knows that. The prologue is Hebrew poetry, and um, and and, it, and it's done with this rhythm, but the artistic nature of the language really brings you into an incredible depth of meaning, and so we're going to go into that and, and, and get that depth of meaning. So we'll look at the we'll first look at the book of John as wisdom literature, and then we'll look at that prologue. Shalom.